Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast episode 33. My name is Yuri Bilast and I'm your podcast host and this is actually the podcast for marketers, B2B entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs from all over the world. And today I'm very excited to have a guest that has lived in three countries. Hi Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me to CMO Stories. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, me too. Always when I, you know, I always hear these amazing stories on my podcast. That's why I really love it. But first, guys, let me introduce you to Mark and Mark Furt. I hope I pronounce it right. If not, you know, you will, you will forgive me, Mark. <laughs> I've been called far worse in my life and I didn't want to mispronounce your name. So I didn't say it at the beginning. <laughs> so we're all equal here. <laughs> no, no worries. Actually, you know, sometimes in my podcast, I make this joke that I invite people that have, for me, actually a difficult name to pronounce. Yeah. So no worries about it. So guys, Mark, he has spent a large portion of his life working in a corporate job, actually in London. And he worked for companies like IBM and Siemens but he felt a bit unfulfilled, if I may say. And so he went in search for answers. And I think for a decade, you lived first in the UK and then you went to Colombia. And then finally you ended up in Florida yep. via an investment visa supported by your business. You have right. a business called High Profit Consulting and you help hundreds of B2B yep. consultants to land clients. That's actually what was one of the things that made me invite you B2B because that's really interesting. But not only that, I know that you find your family also important and you love to talk about that too. Yeah. So I know that you did also 500K on paid advertising and build a following. So all amazing stuff. But before we go there, first I want to know, because this is for lots of people interesting, how do you keep your balance between your family and your business? I think, and this has been a learning. To give you some context, I'm the father of Sienna, who is two and a half, mm -hmm. and my son Sam will be six in October. And as we speak, it's July, so not long. Okay. Sam was really the, the reason I started the business. He was born in 2016. We really got going in 2017. And I'm married to Paola. We're still going and we still have balance. And I think the key to balance is really reframing it and not thinking about it in terms of balance. Like it's thinking about it in terms of a business having seasons. There's mm -hmm. always going to be seasons business there's always going to be a growth phase there's going to be a difficult phase there's going to be problems that blindside you on a tuesday afternoon right we've all experienced it if we've got business so rather than looking for balance i like to think of it as seasons so if mm -hmm. i'm in a hard working season i know this too shall pass and my wife understands that too That's how I found balance, because when I did look for constant balance all the time, I personally think that's mission impossible in the business. But if most of the time you've got the life you want and overall you're happy and you're seeing the kids and you're not stressed and you're mm -hmm. healthy and the doctor is looking at you and going, I think you're good. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's about seasons also sometimes taking a break, I guess. But it's not always easy. The balancing part, for instance, for myself, I like what I'm doing. And often it doesn't not feel like working to me, but to others, it can feel like he's working again. But for me, I don't have the feeling that I'm working. For instance, for some people, recording a podcast is something that would take effort from them. But for me, I like it, you know. So that's already some difference. Yeah. Is it also a pitfall for you or that you like your job and does it, or do you manage that? I think that's, that's a great point. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's important to do enjoy what you do so it doesn't feel like work. That's unrealistic to think it's going to be every second of every day yeah. because you've got to do tax returns. You've got to do things you don't like. But if you can aim for 80% of the time, you're in flow, you enjoy news, and you, you work into your strengths. I think that's a good benchmark to aspire to. Right. Yeah, for me, actually, okay, I love what I'm doing, but I don't like administration too. We talked about taxes and so on, yep. and that stuff costs me my energy. But, you know, you should do mm-hmm. that, and therefore just planning it, and that really feels like working. So you are with your business, so you're specialized in B2B, And then for me, it's interesting because I'm also, and lots of people working B2B, I help also tech scale-ups to have their clients. What would you advise as the first thing to do to land B2B clients? Because often these sales cycles are long, I would think. Yeah. So the question is, how do you deal with long sales cycles? I just know what this, if you're new, you know, you want to help or you want to gather, you want to have new clients, you start a new business or you want to grow your business. What are the actions that you would do to find more B2B clients? Yeah. So I have a very distinct view on this and it's the way I've personally done it since 2017, because I was very lucky to have a conversation with a mentor very early in the growth of my business and sometimes all you need is the right conversation at the right time right and i look back and i'm eternally grateful for this but for any b2b business regardless if your sales cycle is long if your sales cycle is short regardless if you're selling three thousand or three million you need mm-hmm. to do two things you need to get the time energy and focus of your potential clients and you need to convert that time energy and focus into than becoming clients. So for all of those scenarios, the most important thing that I've always done and I always help my clients to do is to immediately move your prospects away from social media and onto an asset that you own. For me, that's right now, SMS is the main one. Email is not going anywhere. If I get the email and SMS of a potential prospect, I know commercially that with some will drop in after two weeks as a client, The majority are about the six-month mark. Some come back three years later. But it's much better to own that asset than to be at the beck and whim of a social media platform because you don't have any control over the algorithm. You don't have any control over who sees your content. And it's, it's crazy to build a business on rented property because all the great businesses in the field of what B2B they are where they are. Their valuation exists because they own the data or they have access to the data. I mean, a company's not going to get acquired or valued highly without having their customer data or at least owning it. Does that make sense? So we just do the same thing. 
Yeah, that makes sense. The only thing is that, you know, I'm in Europe and, you know, you also lived in the UK. There is a GDPR law, so it's a privacy law. It's a bit more difficult here, I think, than in the US. You still need, of course... You can still take their email and you can still get permission to email them, though, can't you? That's right. Just because of the SMS, I fully agree because that is something, if you have their phone number, it's more valuable than email or than social yeah. media channels because that's you are sure that people still read the SMSs that they get, you know, that's something. But anyway, I once was trying to launch an SMS campaign and the questions I got first to be able to start with it, uh, you know, quite a few obstacles anyway. Mm. I will have a look at it again because I think it's really uh, useful. But also for B2B, so SMS marketing is something that you would advise. Well, even if you can't do SMS, I mean, there's multiple ways to own your own audience. If you've got email, that's a start. There's various right. platforms now that allow you to send push notifications to an app. Yeah. And you can get, there's always a way to own that audience. When I say own, you never absolutely own them. You're right. But if we yeah. think of a continuum, you've certainly got more access to them when, when you post something on LinkedIn and hope that the algorithm gods are going to do you a favor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And, you know, these algorithms are changing all the time. And, yeah. of course, I, I, I sometimes I tell that to clients that what if LinkedIn one day or another is not there anymore? Exactly. You know, then it's not likely that it will disappear, but some things can yeah. happen, of course. But yeah. talking about LinkedIn, I imagine that even if you want your own data, eh, that LinkedIn plays a part in your marketing strategies yeah. for B2B. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is still a great platform for top of funnel. What's top of funnel? First contact. LinkedIn is still an important place to start conversations with prospects. It's still a great place to find people. And it's it's important to have some sort of process on there, in my opinion. Yeah, so I always say LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile, it's more like a landing page. You want people to yep. find you and then from there contact you but yeah. what i learned from you is that don't stay in the linkedin messages or on the linkedin platform but try to get them for me it's yeah. mostly like on a call but in your case it could also be like an opt-in for an sms or an email yeah yeah i personally find it a lot easier in 2020 again the us let's compare us and europe i'm british so i do have clients in the uk and i understand yeah. both sides yeah. of the ocean i do find This is a generalization, but in terms of competitiveness, the U.S. is slightly more cutthroat than Europe. So in the Mm -hmm. U.S., it's very hard to get people onto a call. Marketers have ruined that. (laughs) So it's it's actually register for, you know, an asset. Then they give you their email in exchange for that asset, and then you're building the list. That's become a much more effective way to generate revenue on LinkedIn over in the States. But in Europe, if you're still booking calls consistently, you stay doing that, you know? Right, yeah. We talked about LinkedIn organically, so there are some strategies. Of course, there is also the paid aspect of it, LinkedIn ads or Google ads or ads on other social media. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, on using that? I think advertising is something we've all, we've done for a long time now. Advertising is something that really should be in the strategy plan. It should be a consideration for most businesses. However, the number one thing I still 
experience when we speak to people about advertising is they've been sold this dream that you're going to put some adverts up on Facebook and LinkedIn and within 24 hours they're going to be, you know, retiring in the Maldives. But what advertising comes down to is just like any other market. You've got to have a commercial model behind it. So, again, going back to what I know, I just want to get people onto my email list because I know if people join my email list, a certain percentage will become clients two weeks, six months, one year, three years. Commercially, mm-hmm. I know it makes sense over a period of extended period of time to acquire clients using ads. I don't need it to happen in 24 hours, but I know it will happen. So it's important to look at it from the right perspective and have that long-term commercial plan as opposed to get rich, get rich, get rich, which right. is, yeah. is crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know and get your clients understand that they always think and often the clients that don't understand it are the ones that, that their business is not doing really well because they want, you know, they really want a miracle solution, but it doesn't work like yeah. that. First thing is, of course, to, to get into a conversation with your clients, yeah. eh? be it yeah. through ads, social media or whatever. Do you have tips there how to enter in a conversation with your ideal clients? Yeah, I mean, again, going back to the foundations of this, I always look at foundations. I think over the years, we've always, I always say, look for context. What does look for context mean? Well, if you have to, if you're struggling to think of what to say, go and find someone that you don't need to think of what to say. One quick way on LinkedIn is to search back where you went to college or where you were educated or maybe a company you used to work in or a city you used to live in. Find that common context. Like approaching people from the same college or university as you is a really easy way to start conversations. And LinkedIn is the only platform where you can cross-reference your ideal target prospects demographically with that went to your college. I mean, that's how a lot of people get clients when we work with them, like straight out of the gate. So, right. Yeah. From previous jobs or from college yeah. or some things in common. And yeah. I guess because everyone knows those typical spam messages that you get through LinkedIn, you know, that people really think that, that they will sell something if they directly jump into the sale, you never heard about them. So not to avoid being looked as someone who sends spam messages is are those the tips that you would give them is to look for common ground and do some preparation work and, yeah, and try to start I mean, a conversation like that outreach is still important and the, the spammy messages will still work for certain niches but i just don't think it's a long-term sustainable way to build a business for a lot of people especially no. smaller businesses because they don't have the the luxury of being able to connect their personal time to lead generation. And even when they automate it, they still have to jump in and, and get people to call. I mean, I don't think it's as simple as common ground. There is a lot of nuance to it. There is a lot of, um, look, here it is in a nutshell. No matter what you do on LinkedIn, it's not going to work unless you're positioned to a very specific, urgent, relevant problem. If mm-hmm. you're not speaking to a specific, urgent, relevant problem and you're something like a life coach or a B2B consultant, it's like pushing water uphill. No matter what you do, it's going to be difficult. So I think the focus is always on the connect message. The focus is always on how to start conversations and the interview always goes there. But really, it should be on product market fit. From You're from the tech space, mm-hmm. so you understand probably more than anybody. There's so many consultants and B2B businesses that don't have product market fit. They don't understand how to communicate to their market right. the right language, the right tonality, the right stage of awareness. And so everything they do is just a waste of time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? 
<laughs> yeah, they're just, you know, sending out these bulk messages, emails, and then yeah. they think you would jump on the call. And sometimes for the same company, you get, yeah. you know, if one does a good job and, and sends a good email and I'm considering yeah. jumping on the call, but directly someone else sends me a same spam image message and you yeah. say, okay, no, this, this won't work. It's And once, you know, you get on this call, you also want to have the feeling, you know, that when you have a one-to-one call that they are occupied that you're busy with you and want to help you and not that you get like this vanilla presentation yeah. with their cams off and with bad sound and with you know that's not built trust so yes yeah. it's in trust is of course important to building that okay now we are already 2022 what would for you be the kind of b2b marketing sales strategy in general if you would need to give an idea suggestion what would people do need to do I don't, I'm not a fan of, it's a great question because everyone asks it, but I think it's the wrong question. I think everybody's looking for the tactic or the strategy that's going to change their life. But as Tony Robbins says, you want better results, get better. Nothing changes. You've got to be good at communicating with the market. So you need to work on your communication skills, mm-hmm. whether it's video or whether it's copywriting or whether it's advertising. Get good at communication and get very good at that. Get good at sales. Get very good at that. I think it's an endless waste of time to just try and find this magic tactic. In the early days of online evolution, before the pandemic, you could probably get by on a tactic. It wasn't as cutthroat and busy. Right now, you have to have strong foundations. Get be- if you want better results, get better at the skill set that's going to help you grow that business. Sure, some tactics and strategies are always going to come and go, but like TikTok, let's take TikTok right now. Yeah, uh, it's it's easy. If you've run paid advertising on any platform, you go and run paid advertising on TikTok. It's the same fundamentals. You've got to understand the targeting. You've got to understand how to get attention within the the way they they, they like ads. But it's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff, and um, there's not much difference once you get, once you spend a long time in the industry, you know. Yeah, and then of course, of course, yeah. every time you need to test if it, what is working, what is not working, yeah. and then based on because okay, you exactly. can have ideas, you need to yeah. test. Then do more of what yeah. works actually. Would you then because okay, this the generation is specialized, and you talked about the different skills that you need. Yeah. Would you advise companies to outsource lead generation, and what would then be the criteria to have in mind? That's such a difficult question to answer. It's a case by case basis, right? It depends how established they are. If the business already has a funnel that works and already. Mm-hmm. Market, product market fit dialed in and they've got a system that they can get these outsourced companies to do, then it's a good idea. The problem comes when you don't have any of that in place and you expect a lead generation company to do that because lead generation companies, a lot of them are well-intentioned, but they don't have the skill set to formulate that positioning. They don't have the skill set to build out the company. They just send messages based on what you give them, the majority of them. So it's a waste of time if you've not got the the fundamentals dialed in. And I think that's why so many people get frustrated. There's so many people like turnover agency after agency after Mm -hmm. agency. They're trying to get the agency to do the work that the agency can't do. It's a high-level skill set to do that type of work, and most of them can't do it. Yeah. Maybe another question. Of course, you will say it's all the basic, the marketing basics that you need to get right. But are there certain 
tools that you would advise or that in general are a good tool to put in place all these practices, best practices? As in, as in like a software app? As like a software, like for instance, a, 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 like an HubSpot or like an email marketing. Oh, okay. and all yeah. like this. Are, are there tools that, that you have good experiences with for certain reasons that you could mention? I think it goes in three levels, right? And I think you, you need to have three fundamental pieces of tools in place. The first one, the base layer, is, is kind of your funnels and websites, emails mm -hmm. and SMS. That's like the plumbing. There needs to be the ability to take email addresses. There needs to be the ability to quickly do landing pages and then send people a sequence of emails and SMS if you're not in Europe, right? That needs yeah. to be in place at the base layer. I've, I've tried Kartra, ClickFunnels, Kajabi, okay. all of them, right? I've even tried HubSpot. We actually use Go High Level. I like Go High Level. That's good because it doesn't cost $1,000 a month, and it does everything that you pretty much need if you're a small business. The next right. level up, you need, you need some way to be able to quickly produce content. I like Descript because Descript, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's simple. It transcribes the video. It does podcasts. It does videos. It does short-form video. It does everything, and it's not like this Adobe software. Using Adobe software for most businesses fighter jet to the local shop there's just so much stuff you don't need but descript i like for that middle layer yeah, right for that and at the top layer there needs some sort of project management application so you're able to bring it all together and my personal favorites there's ClickUp. but there's a ton of them there's monday there's asana right but if you've got yeah. flavor of three apps in place you're a long way towards doing it so it's your funnels your content and your project management that's why right. i think collaboration yeah, because it helps you, it saves you time and you can work efficiently together. You mentioned those tools and you mentioned social media and SMS and so on, but we didn't touch was uh, SEO. Like, how, are you someone that also believes in this aspect, in the, the results from SEO? Because that's, of course, always a long-term effort. Is that something that yeah. you would advise? I think there's so many things you could do. I think SEO is important if you've got the ability to do it in your business and you have the skill set to do that. I mean, there's not really much to it, despite what a lot of the SEO agencies will tell you. Yeah, You just need to have good content that's going to rank. So if you've got the capability to do that and you set your website up correctly, do it. But if you're going to need to get cash in the door, it can't be the only thing you do. I mean, all again, all roads lead to the email list. SEO leads to the email list. The podcast leads to the email list. Social media, the funnels. So I think it's a great way to get free leads. Well, it's never mm -hmm. free, is it? But if you've got the no. it's certainly more free than paid advertising. So yeah. I think it's important for some businesses, yeah. Yeah. I think not not be the first thing that you would be doing if you start, if your budget is limited yeah. and if you want to grow, then of course you need to see that you have a funnel. Of course, you need to have a product or a service and there should be a yeah. demand for this product or service. But if people come to you with, you know, a bad product where there is no demand, you know, you can have a good marketing, but it, it will never work. So that, that's important. Mm. If people want to connect with you, what would be the best channel? Because you talked about LinkedIn, but are you yourself also active on LinkedIn? Is that something yeah, for you personally? I go on there most days, not so long for much time, LinkedIn or, or through my website, which is markfirthonline.com. Or actually, we've just rebranded before. The B2Bgrowthteam.com is our new brand. B2Bgrowthteam.com. Oh, okay. That's a bit easier, isn't it? It's the first time I've said it on this episode. B2B as in, to be growth team.com. 
on, find me that. <laughs> People need also to remember, you know, if you have like something that to remember, it should be easy and it should be somewhere stand out so that they cannot make any mistakes. Of course, I will put all the, these links in the show notes so that people can find it afterwards. So thank you very much, Mark, for all these tips. Thank you. I hope that you will enjoy the rest of your day. Here in Belgium, it's really hot. <laughs> I'm sweating. I, it's strange days. But thank you so much for having been on my podcast. And I will surely find you on LinkedIn. And for everyone else listening, thank you very much for listening. And I hope to see you in the next podcast episode. Bye-bye.